Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here. I changed the tone there. Did you see? I got I to gotta keep people engaged and always talk about my intros. Your pacing was really different. It was nice. It was like kind of soothing, like you're a late night radio talk show host. This is Matt Klein. <laughs> That's my next <laughs> career. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, too funny. My next career, late night radio host, um, who knows? Maybe it's a dream that will never come to pass, but I'll live it out here. I'll do my to best live to live it out, it out here. here. Absolutely. David, we got David with us today. Uh, super excited to share, you know, just a little bit of your wisdom, David. You, you, you've gone uh, through life, you're married to beautiful girl, the love of your life, and, uh, and unfortunately she passed away. And so you've lived life now, uh, you know, as a, as a man at an age where you, as a younger man, would have dreamt about being married. And so now you're at the age that you're at and you're finding yourself single. And so I'm really excited for you to share your wisdom on uh, on where you're at, uh, both at your age and um, and in your relationship status, and how that's just your journey and what you've learned uh, in terms of sexual purity and how God can fulfill you and satisfy you. And you're going to share a lot of uh, great stuff to people who can relate to you. So thanks so much for coming on and sharing with us today, David. It's kind of good to be here, but I just you know, is Matt likes to really slam on the old part, and so. Um, <laughs> For anybody who is uh, a little bit kind of apprehensive, it's like, what's this young whippersnapper talking about old for? Um, it's because he gets a charge out of it. And so we have to recognize that's just, you know, kind of where he's at. So, you know, he's taking the drive. <laughs> it's still the, the immaturity in me, I guess. Eh? <laughs> well, I don't know. 
Oh man, we we do we do like to joke in our leaders' meetings. All of our leaders are older than me, so I like to rib on them a little bit. And David doesn't let me live it down, yeah. but but I'm not saying anything bad. But you got the gray hair comes with oh. wisdom and experience, and it's beautiful. So you're <laughs> now that we're now that this is recorded and going out. I want to affirm <laughs> the age and say you're not you're not old. You're really not old. So uh, just, we just like to joke. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, and David, I really appreciate your perspective, uh, particularly on on this, because you've lived a life where you have encountered two different kind of angles to things. You've been married, um, you you dealt with um, the passing of a spouse, and then uh, as well, you've um, been single uh, after marriage. So you have a really unique perspective on this area um, and in regards to purity as well. And, and, and um, so I think often that when we're, you know, we're coming up and we're growing up, we have this idea or ideal of marriage um, and we understand that. And then maybe an understanding of singleness, but you have a different perspective because you've lived both um, at different seasons of life. So just wanted your thoughts on kind of what it means to be single at this stage and, and what you've learned through that process? You know, sure. A lot of us as younger men, um, you know, look forward to, um, and if you could almost say dream about being married, um, and that that's, that's going to go on infinitum, um, that we're going to die, you know, holding our, our spouse's hand in a rocking chair. Um, or sitting on a beach somewhere, you know, lying on a beach towel somewhere. Um, but that isn't the way it walks out. And even though we think we're immortal, sort of, at, you know, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, whatever, whatever age it is we get married, we whenever we do get married, we think it's going to be kind of like forever. And it's not. How I, why is it not? Is because one spouse is going to pass away before the other. The only exception is you're in a car accident or a plane um, tragedy and you pass away together. Is that one who loves will bury the one that they love. It's only going to happen to one of you because one's going to go first. There's a much more of a, a, an awareness of how immortal we are when you are the one that's left behind and you bury the one you love. But knowing that God didn't die, God still loves you, um, is very comforting. But having had the experience of being a, a man being married to a wonderful bride, and uh, um, she, she did pass from this life into the next, um, but because she had a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was able to bury her knowing that there'd be a time when, as the scripture tells us, that those in Christ will rise first when that trumpet sounds. And those that remain will join up with them in the air. Is that I would see her again. Um, and, and the Bible says that we're going to be known in heaven as we're known on earth. So I knew that there is a recognition between the two of us. It tells us there's no giving of marriage in heaven. Well, to a guy, that means no sex. Um, and that's like, like how, can, how can that be heaven? But it is um, because God's designed it that way. Well, on the converse of that, on this side of heaven, 
um, being living down here as a single man, uh, God um, wants to have a relationship with us, and He wants our He wants our sex, He wants our purity. And when we distort that image and decide that um, there are parts of that that we want to give to Him and part of it that we don't, then we mess up God's plan. And so, being single, as I am, I recognize that I had to come to a place of letting God be part of all of my dreams and thoughts. And I use the term lightly looking ahead, you know, in the aspect of fantasy, um, you know, just the aspect of like, what would it be like there? You know, what will that, what, what, what will, what will heaven be like? All of those kind of things. I had to put God first in my heart and putting God first in my heart in the area of sex and sexuality and desire and drive, sexual drive. Um, I've had to allow the Lord to be um, in charge of that. And the only way he's in charge of it is when you give him, give him that driver's seat. So being honorable as a single man, how you uh, look at um, people that you find attractive, you know, there's been some people that have understood that it's, you know, and I've made calm, you know, like made sure that I'm only with, Couples, if there's a lady involved, I'm just with couples. Catching rides somewhere, doing things with people, is just honoring the ladies uh, for who they are um, and individuals. And, you know, that their husbands are fully aware of anything that's and everything that's going on, even if they're picking up something at the store, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like just being honorable, including the husband, Mm -hmm. in everything that's said and done. Um, And I've had more than one, you know, husband say thanks just for keeping him informed of what's happening. Right. Integrity. Being single does not mean that, uh, and I'm not going to speak to being a single guy, but being a single guy does not mean you don't have desire for intimacy, but it's those choices that you make in how, what intimacy can be, particularly in, in you know, my case, it's not any different than a lot of uh, widowers in the fact that as men, we were previously married is that because our spouse died does not mean we died sexually, mm-hmm. but yet there is a respect for the Lord that has to be brought into the picture. And that's not talked about in, you know, in conversations mm. if ever. Yeah. And yet it's a very real part. Right. You have such a unique perspective because I think sometimes we have the misunderstanding um, of our sex drives that, it's this uncontrollable thing in our life. Like, you know, we know the verses, right? About, you know, if you're burning with passion, get married to the one you're with. <clears throat> it's a paraphrase, of course, but that's kind of what it says. So we have this idea maybe coming up uh, as younger men that is this, you know, this wild stallion in our life that we can't tame. And the only way to really do that is get married. And when we're married, then it's just released and that's okay because that's the context that it's okay in. But you have a unique perspective because you know, the understanding of our sexual desires. I mean, for you, you've been married. You had a lifetime with your wife being able to be sexually intimate with her. And then there was a change in your life. You know, your wife passed and, and um, now you're experiencing something different. But you have a unique perspective because when we're single and a young man, we have this understanding versus maybe what you're going through. And you, you alluded to this. So um, what is the two different kind of seasons of life that you've gone through here? What has that taught you about sexuality 
and our desire. And maybe Matt's talked about is our sexual quote unquote needs. (laughs) Um, What I've learned is that sex is a gift from the Lord. It's not a, it's not a given and it's not a right. It's a gift. And that sounds big or heavy or, you know, whatever, but it is a reality. It is a realness. Um, and when we're single and we're looking forward to being married, if we're keeping our, well, particularly if we're keeping ourselves um, sexually pure before marriage, and we're looking forward to experiencing, you know, marriage intimacy, which in Guy's words is sex, um, is if we look at our spouse when we're married as being a gift from God, I think there's a greater, uh, there is a greater respect for it. Um, since having, since my wife having passed, I've certainly come to to understand there's a whole lot more about um, caring about her. Um, there were some times I did, but I didn't always just think of her when it came to my desire for sex. So I had to work with the program, but I've certainly come to understand there's a whole lot more to being thankful for the gift. And so, yeah, I suppose I have a, a little bit unique perspective on having been, you know, single um, and being married to such a wonderful Christian lady. And then she passed away is that, and now being single um, and still, still a guy, still alive um, is that there is now more of a, of a, of a willingness to willingness to want to let God have control. Mm. I don't know how to necessarily put it in words, but it, there is a, there's a willingness to be away from, I like your analogy there, Braden, of, you know, this wild stallion kind of a, a concept, maybe being married, just sort of take this wild stallion and put him into a, an old West stagecoach kind of picture. And you've got, you know, a couple of them pulling this, you know, wild stagecoach across the prairie because you're hooked up with a, with a wonderful young filly beside you. But when you are respecting all those desires and, 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 and everything as being a married man, and then you're not anymore, um, is allowing God to um, sort of pull back on the reins and go, whoa, there, whoa, there, whoa, there. It's that willingness to let God um, be in charge of those um, reins, so to speak, and pulling back. Um, is is what I've learned is letting God be in charge of that. I love that. It's it's a battle that a lot of people have to face. Is like, I know I should want to be sexually pure, but I want to want it more, <laughs> and I wish that yeah. I wanted it more. And we have to ask God sometimes to help us want it more because sometimes we dislike the pleasure um, more than we dislike the pain of our sin. And uh, yeah. and so you're talking about this willingness to give it to God, which is so cool. And I remember one time where you were just saying like, I just miss sex. <laughs> like I just miss sex. And it was almost like it, like this, this, this powerful thought that created like a disappointment that maybe I can't, I shouldn't say this, we shouldn't put words in your mouth, but maybe it dragged you down or slowed you down or something. I don't know. You can speak to it, but there's this like, I just miss sex. And so I want you to speak to how did you come to a point where you willingly surrendered that and then not only did you willingly surrender it, but you realized that God can fill that desire and fill you and satisfy you when you surrender it. Can you speak to that process a little bit? Does that make sense? Yeah. I say this to anybody listening is that I had to 
allow myself to formulate some of my frustrations into words. Cool. So that it identified what was seemingly just running around in my head. And there was a, a conversation that I had with Matt one day. Um, and I told him exactly that. I was just blunt honest. It's like, I miss it. I believe Matt's response is, or was, you know, why do you miss it? I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but something along that line. And it stopped me in my tracks. It's like, there was no, there was no, oh man, I'm sure it's hard to, you know, let all that go, whatever. Like there was no, there was no sympathy for my condition. If you want to use the word condition, (laughs) there was no no sympathy as there shouldn't have been. Okay. There was an acknowledgement of where's God in all this. And in that moment, I asked the Lord, you know, it's like, well, why? And the response that I felt I had from the Lord, he didn't speak, you know, in verbs, like in nouns, like in, like in sentences and words. But it was that impression I had on the inside of my heart. It's like, it's not yours. It's a gift from me. And it stopped me in my tracks. Like, yes, sir. It's your gift. It's not my right. And just because I'm a guy, and I realize there's ladies listening to this too, it's not just because we're a human being that we have um, a right to sexuality or right to sex or having sex. And I realize in, in the full context, it is sharing love together. I am not void of that concept of reality is it's a sharing of one with the other. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's a sharing Um, As I shared recently, it's not taking, having, getting, it's giving. And I had to, I had to allow myself to be, you know, I can use the word raw, I use the word real. I had had someone to talk to that um, maybe didn't want to hear what I had to say necessarily, but was willing to listen. Mm. And so I encourage everyone to, um, you know, Seek out, search out individuals that you can um, be real with, be honest with. Um, And in the pure freedom journey um, is not unique. And the fact that we call them accountability partners is, is finding individuals that you can be real with. Um, But really it means being honest with. Right. Because we have thoughts that we have that we don't think we can tell anybody. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right, David. And uh, now that we're having this conversation, because I, lo- I love the idea of this, is that people are listening in like we are. They are part of this in the sense that they're here with us, um, engaged with this. But I just think of what someone might be talking about, like, say, in a group, and so what someone might bring up when we hear kind of what you're saying. And we put our single hats on here for a sec. Um, if you, from, if we were, when we were single or single-minded, you know, one of the things I think that comes up is when we hear sex is a a good gift from a good God. When someone is single, often I've heard this is then why hasn't God given me that gift? Is there something wrong with me? Am I secondary? You know, as their favorites here at play, you know, like why hasn't God given this to me? Could you comment on that, David? That's a gooder. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I really, I can only relate to it from, from my, from my, you know, life experiences before I was married, uh, when I would hear those things, I was like, well, then I better honor God by keeping myself for that. Um, 
it's a totally different situation when you're on the other side of it and you have experienced, um, you know, marriage and your spouse passes and you no longer, if you want to use the word, can engage in that activity is when I, you know, when a person does hear about that, when I hear about it now, it's like, I still know it's a gift from God. And I'm thankful for that gift. I had a good Christian friend. I mean, we're talking six, seven years after my wife had passed. And I was sharing uh, about being, uh, or what I believed in marriage, what I, what I believed marriage was, was about. And that individual who knew me, knew my bride, you know, knew my life, um, said to me, David, it hasn't changed who you are. That has spoken to me numerous times of recognizing that no matter what happens in my life, and I've had some other things happen, it doesn't change who we are when we continue to still believe the things we believed before whatever happened to us happened. If we can look at ourselves and go, this changed, this happened in my life, and this has changed now how I believe God, I think we need to, what we do, we need to go back to what we believed God for before that happened and ask God, okay, have you changed or have I changed? When we recognize that God never changes, it's about us that's changed, and we need to ask ourselves, why have we changed? And if our change is because of hurt, that doesn't change who God is. Our hurt doesn't change who God is. In my story, um, and I realize we don't have time to get into it today, but in my story, um, there has been hurt. There has been abuse. There has been trauma. And what I've come to realize and find out from God is that none of those things changed who he is. And as I continue to press into to, to the things of the Lord and, and, and trust him, he is washing, cleansing, renewing, restoring in my life all the things that I'm willing to bring to him. But if I keep it as a story or as an epilogue or a back chapter or lock it away in a vault in a safety deposit box in my heart and throw away the key or swallow it, it's not going to get dealt with. I have to let him have all of my stuff, all the stuff that hurts, all the stuff that I have questions about. Bring it to him and say, hey, let's look at this. He's willing to. Everything that hurts. So for everybody, you know, that has a hurt, I say, get it out. Like, bring it to this, bring it out. Like, talk about it with God and find a good friend. Find an accountability partner. Um, and if you've got places in your heart that you've hidden for years and told no one, Got a big wave here for you. There, you're not alone, and there's a whole ton of people. I'm not saying everybody's got something that they want to hide and keep hidden, but I'm going to say a whole lot of people do. And if you happen to be one of those people, they got, you feel you got something to hide, something's hidden, something hurts, why do we hide it? It's because it hurts. Find a friend. Find an accountability person um, that you can talk to, that you can trust. And Matt and Braden have a great two or three podcasts on on finding accountability partners. Press into those, listen to those, um, but bring to the light the things that are hurting. And Matt and Braden and myself, we've all had the privilege of hearing people tell us, "I'm going to tell you something I've never told anybody before." Each one of us have had those experiences because we also had to let those things come to the light. Yeah. And I say had to, yeah. We couldn't hold them inside. We had to let them out yeah. in order for them to walk in freedom. So, 
and with that, if you're listening to this, um, David does, in our ministry, David and I both, uh, we do cleansing hours, and cleansing hours are so beautiful to see people sh- coming and sharing sharing things that they've never shared before, and we help put language um, through asking questions and through just supporting you and praying with you. We'll help put language to some things that maybe you've never shared or things that have, are keeping you down, and you can then take that and go and, and hopefully share with other people, but I mean, at the bottom, at the very least, we're people who you may never meet again, <laughs> who you've never met, and we're confidential, and so we we can just walk with you on sharing those things that you, maybe you've never told anybody, and it's such a beautiful thing. And so, if you need that, the I'll, um, you can go to RestoredMinistries.ca at under the Get Help tab and book a cleansing hour for sure. But I love David how you're talking about. Uh, giving and giving everything to the Lord. And I remember you said to me a few weeks ago something that I've thought of a lot. You said virginity is not, or, or losing the virginity is not just about losing virginity. It's about giving yourself to someone. And so when the focus for younger people especially is, I want to lose my virginity, what you're actually doing is you're giving yourself to someone. And so that's the power of doing it. When we're when we're married on our wedding night, hopefully is and if you've not if we've screwed up, then we we repent, we get forgiveness from the Lord, and He can restore us and make us pure. But but we want to not focus on what we're losing, but on what we're giving. And it's that same concept with what you're talking about now. You've lost in your life, you've had hurts in your life, and often that will change us. When we hurt, we feel like things are out of control, and so now we act out because we feel so out of control that we need control in some way. And we're escaping our pain when we have hurt. And so it changes us into it's just somebody that God didn't design us to be. And so we need to understand what David is saying is give everything to the Lord rather than take uh, and just focus on the loss and what we're losing, but rather what can we give to Jesus? And so as you've done that, David, you're a man now, uh, just to put it bluntly, you haven't had sex for a few years. You're not watching porn. You're not reading porn. You're not pleasing yourself with masturbation. Are you really okay? Like you're not doing all of those things. You're a single man. Are, are you still okay in life? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm okay. I would say I'm better than just okay. Like I'm better than just, you know, passing grade, like a 49 and a half, you know, and three quarter percent. Like, no, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm doing more than okay. Um, being accepted by Christ. Um, and this may sound kind of different, I suppose, um, for anybody who's ever experienced sex or desired sex, tell me who that leaves out. But um, is that being accepted by the Lord fulfills because it's a place in our heart. It's not a place in our body. It's a place in our heart. And, and, and God can hug us in our heart where nothing external can ever, ever meet or touch or feel. And, and the reality of who God is becomes more personal the more you actually look for him to be personal in the area of sexuality and sex. I know when I first came into uh, Pure Freedom, you know, being made aware of Pure Freedom and like very tentatively like, what is this? What is this about? How does, how, how does this, like, how can this be really pertinent? One of my most main concerns was like, how do I take my desire, interest, thoughts of sexual intimacy, how do I put it all in, back in a box and pretend I never opened it? And what I've come to find out is that, you know, pure freedom journey, which is what? Purity in Christ is what it is. 
it addresses that very fundamentally by it's like, allow me to be everything you're looking for. Allow me, Christ, allow Christ to be everything that I'm looking for, everything that any one of us is looking for. Allow Christ to be that for us. If we take it away from our own image of what we think it's going to be best for us or what we would like and put it into, okay, God, I'm going to give that to you. Then he reforms the image. And the image now doesn't have a shape. The image now is the person of Jesus Christ. He's my all in all. <clears throat> oh, you're saying that because you're an old guy. Uh, no, I'm saying it because I'm still a man. I still have desires. I still have feelings. But now I'm letting Christ be in charge of those desires and feelings. Mm. And they all have to, they all have to, you know, funnel through him, channel through him. And if they can't channel through him, then they're temporary and useless and they're going to come up short. Mm. Yeah. I'm so thankful you, you're sharing that, David. Um, I remember we heard this a little while ago, and I think it's true for us, just that Jesus is better than we thought he is. And oh, yeah. he's, he's so much better than we think he is. And often we don't get that because we base love, his love for us, based on what we got in our life. Um, you know, things, stuff, you know, like I, I, when we talk to a single guys about this kind of stuff, um, just inviting God into those desires, inviting God into our, those areas, maybe we have disappointments and hurt. I get this all. Well, Brad, and what do you know? You're married. You get to have sex with a beautiful woman. And, um, you know, and I understand why they would say that, but Jesus is better than we think he is. And, you know, I think that that film fulfillment we get, whether we're married or not, needs to come from him and him alone. And uh, I think that it's just uh, so powerful what you're sharing, um, you know, because often when we have disappointments, we don't invite God into them. Instead, we build these walls up around our heart, pushing God away or others away. And they don't, may not be like physical walls, but they're there. They exist. And, and But when you invite God into those areas, he will meet all of the needs that we have and more. It's not just about meeting the needs, but more. He gives us abundance in our heart and our lives. And like, I love what you're saying. You are, you are much better than just good. And I think that's awesome to hear. And I think people need to hear that and that you've experienced both and having, you know, God come into those areas, those desires that you still have that are there. Um, and you've experienced him at all seasons of life. He's been faithful. He's been with you. And he is so much better than we know. And I just think that's so powerful. I really appreciate that you shared that part for sure. Absolutely. And everything else, of course. But cool. Well, if I can just add one thing in the aspect of it's from a married man recently in Pure Freedom Journey. Um, who's in Pufford and Jenny, um, he said it this, he, one of the things he said recently is, my body doesn't know what's good for it. It's so profoundly um, true. Um, and, you know, is that the aspect of what we think we want, what we think we quote unquote need, even what we quote unquote desire, um, is that if we, if we are willing and I say willing from the aspect of being stubborn and not willing, okay? I'm saying becoming willing, choosing to be willing, and letting God be in charge of our sexual drive. Um, it's like if we can't 
if we can't give God the reins, if we can't give God control, then we're going to be frustrated. And if we think we're frustrated sexually because we're in charge, turn it over to God and you'll find out what true contentment can be. I'm not married presently. So I can't relate to, to a marriage, but you guys are both married. And I encourage you, if you haven't, uh, to anybody who's listening, is allow God to be in charge of your sexual desires being married. And when you put God in charge of that, not a matter of tricking or conniving or manipulating. I relate to all those terms, by the way, when I was married. Um, but um, if you really let God be in charge, I believe you're going to see a new freedom in your marriage. I don't say that in hypothetically. I also say that from experience and some of the guys that I work with in Pure Freedom Journey is some of them now are, are, are talking like their expression, not because I'm asking them, just it's just their flow and conversation with me. When they describe what they're feeling now when they are with their wife intimately, and of course they don't talk about it, but I'm just saying when they refer to, to the, the change of their own heart as a husband, as a, as a man, there's so much more respect they're talking about, about their wives. It's just blowing me away. So for anybody who's married that isn't, you know, hasn't made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ for committing their sexual desires to him. When you do, you're going to find a whole new dimension in marriage and sex that you never, you never even imagined was there. Why? Because that's the way God unfolds his flowers. The best stuff's on the inside. Wow. And when we let God have our desires, he opens up his desires and says, hey, have at it. Mm. Great stuff. So much wisdom. <laughs> stuff that, that we couldn't come up with on our own, that's for sure. We are, we're taking it all in listening to you. So thank you so much, David. And I just want to say thank you for everything you do in Pure Freedom uh, with all of the guys that you have a, a role with in their life and your impact on me and on what we're doing. It's, uh, it's pretty profound. And so I so appreciate you and appreciate you coming on and and uh, and doing this with us today too. Thanks, man. It's a blast to be a part of something that's so profoundly changing people's lives because it's about sex. It's just that much like it's like God can touch this area. You gotta be kidding me! It's okay. like we don't even talk about that part about Adam and Eve in the garden, but you know it it was His design. When we let God be in the center of His design, it changes our perspective about God. I, I would say that to you. Letting God into this area of my heart, it's changed my, it's changed a dimension about him that I never even, I, it's changed my dimensions about how I think about God, because he can talk about this too. He wants to talk about, he wants us to take it to him, right? Let God be there. David, thank you so much for everything that you shared today, your wisdom, your perspective. We really appreciate that. We know it's going to help and for those listening out there, if you want to learn more about the Pure Freedom Journey, please check out the website and you can connect to guys like David and add to a group, be part of a group, you know, share your story. And this is something that you can really be blessed in. And so I just encourage you to explore that. Um, and, uh, so thanks everybody out there for listening, supporting the podcast. We'll check in with you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.